Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. And I am Mandy. And I would at this point like to issue a correction to a previous episode. Uh, I had mentioned that most American sitcoms were shot on film. And I couldn't think of many other examples of sitcoms that also shoot on video in the way that the nanny does. There are a fucking ton. Yeah. <laughs> um, just off the top of my head, uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, The Golden Girls, The Monsters Today. There are sitcoms. I feel like the ones that made it to the UK that were more popular tended to be the ones that shot on film. But there are definitely more. There are more that shot on video. The nanny is not special. I think the nanny just felt weird because of how it looked compared to other american sitcoms that were on at the same time when the nanny was on it when it was airing in the uk because mm-hmm. we tended to get stuff later like we waited three years for star trek the next generation to make its debut in the uk as an example so your your little thing about it, it was actually it was nothing it's not it is uh, yes thank you it's nothing <laughs> like most of the things i talk about <laughs> it's it wasn't nothing. anything but yeah what episode did we watch today we watched Here Comes the Brood, which I did not realize just how apt a title this was uh, until we started watching it. Yeah, it works on, it's it's like what you would call a pun, maybe, or a play on some words. It's multifaceted. I'm checking right now to see what actual episode this is listed as on HBO Max, because again, we are currently going based on broadcast order, which is not... What HBO has? Yeah, HBO is doing its own thing. I do not know where... I don't even think that's production ah, order. Let's see. So here comes the brood. They have that as the fourth episode. Oh, that's... So not too far off. Oh, off by one. Yeah. So do you want to get us started? I sure do. I can't remember how this one starts. (laughs) Do you want to get this one started? Yeah, so uh, this episode starts with everyone getting ready to leave for school slash work. And Fran is calling them down. I feel like this is one of the first times that they really kind of, the joke is Fran's, Fran has a loud voice. Hurry up, kids, the limo's waiting. (laughs) I love saying that. And I love hearing it. <laughs> there's, there's a lot of firsts in this episode as well, because this is really the first time that we start to see kind of the early back and forth between uh, Niles and Cece. I wouldn't even say, like, because Niles has throughout this, like, made, like, catty little remarks mm. towards Cece. We haven't yet got Cece, like, going back at yeah. Niles. It's not like a bad... She, but this is... So this is a Cece kind of focused episode. And Cece and Fran have a lot of back and forth yeah. in this one. So Cece comes in and she watches as Fran uh, gets the kids ready to go into their limo to go to school. Yeah. Making some some not great comments about how uh, g- girls' uniforms are overly fetishized. We wear these same uniforms every day. Trust me, men dream about these outfits. Yeah, there's uh, one of a, what is a string. Of, I know we talked about it in the previous episode with Tyler about how dated some of the references are here and how uh, not quite PC some of the references. This episode has a lot of stuff that has not aged very well. And it starts here with telling two young children that they are wearing sexy schoolgirl outfits. Yes, but... She's getting them ready, uh, quizzing Brighton on his math test, zhuzhing up Maggie's hair, uh, telling her she doesn't need to wear a headband because 
She looks fine without it. And uh, there's also a running gag throughout here about that Gracie has discovered fears of global warming. Yeah, global warming is happening and Gracie's uh, and is rightly so terrified. So in the 90s, that's like, oh, that's just a silly thing to be anxious about. And today it's, oh, yes, we should all be anxious about this. Absolutely. How are you not terrified of this? Yeah, so Cece is watching them. And so Maxwell also comes out. Looks in a a very nice, very nice suit. There's a lot of like... Uh, I guess we talk later on fashion things, but a lot of the extraneous characters' fashions and not actually a whole lot from Fran. Um, Anyway, so Fran is like complimenting Maxwell and like he has like a smudge on him. So she like licks uh, a handkerchief and like wipes out. Cece is horrified by uh, this show of closeness. Yeah, not just that it's happening, but that Maxwell is allowing it. Did she just spit on that tissue and rub it on his face? I brushed. <laughs> and then she, she, I don't want to say picks a fight with Maxwell, but definitely kind of gets a little upset about the fact that she doesn't spend time with the children anymore now that Nanny finds on the scene, to which Maxwell responds, well, you never, that didn't happen before. Yeah, but Cece wants, she wants to now, uh, so they decide that they're going to go to the zoo, to the zoo tomorrow. All of them are going to go to the zoo the next day. Yeah, cut to, uh, it's the next morning, and Maxwell has a toothache. Yes, he has sitcom toothache, which just hurts. Yeah, it just, it, it just out, out hurty, and it just happened overnight, and friend is encouraging him to go to the, yeah, dentist. Go to the dentist. By doing the thing where you have a horrible story of like, oh, I knew some other tooth Toothache, and then it got infected, and then they died. Yay! Yay! Made me feel really good about my wisdom teeth for a while there, when I still <laughs> had those. You came when I had my wisdom teeth pulled out. You, you don't. You came over that afternoon, right? Yeah. I remember so little of that day. I remember being taken to the dentist by my roommate at the time, Luke, and then I remember laying on the bed. Uh, having an IV hooked up to my arm, and I remember the dentist injecting it the 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 knockout juice into the IV and saying, "Here comes a tequila." And then the next thing I remember, I'm being wheeled out the back door uh, into Luke's car, and then suddenly I had Jamba Juice. I don't remember stopping at the Jamba Juice. I just remember having it. And then we got back to the apartment, and I remember bits of the original animated Disney Aladdin. Yes. And then you showed up at some point. And I was there for Aladdin. I don't remember you, watched, you being there for Aladdin. Because you watched Aladdin like hours later because I was there. <laughs> anyway, uh, so... <laughs> fun den- I wish I had a fun, like a funny dentist story. I'm sh- I'm- Here's the thing. Luke probably has some great stories about me. <laughs> I have none of them. No memory of it. Okay, so Maxwell doesn't want to go to the dentist. And also it's a Saturday. So he's like, I can't go They're to the be dentist closed, today. Yeah. But uh, no, Fran has uh, an Uncle Myron who Uncle is a Myron. dentist. Um, and this is something that does become a running bit of Fran always has a relative who has a job that she's kind of just like pushing like, oh, you can go see my uncle this or my uncle this can do yeah, this. My, my cousin, whatever. Yeah. And Cece comes in and she is uh, all dressed for going to the zoo. Oh, which means she's just in a very stereotypical, like, saf- like safari sort she's of outfit. Like a pith helmet and... Khaki. Big, 
big wide shoulders on her outfit. <laughs> but because Maxwell is going to go to the dentist, mm. Cece has to take the children to the zoo alone. Yeah, because it's Fran's day off. Yes. Which is a key plot point. So the minute Fran says, well, uh, they can still go with Cece, and the camera immediately pans to Cece pulling like an Animaniacs wide-eyed kind of yeah, face. matched by Gracie, who yes. has said that this is how her nightmares start. Yes. Gracie's delivery of that line made me think that we missed out on a live action Adams Family TV show in the 90s where she could have played Wednesday. Like I feel like if she had dialed it towards the deadpan she's so good at deadpan and I feel like if she she would have taken that kind of delivery and steer it more deadpan she she would have made a brilliant Wednesday. Yeah. And I do like cuz uh typically things that play Wednesday they lean more into like a snark. Yeah. And Gracie is good at it's it's a deadpan but it's a very like sincere yeah. deadpan that would be interesting. Yeah. But so what happens is Cece takes them to the zoo. Yeah, we don't actually see them at the zoo because that no. would cost that would cost too much money. Yeah, they, they one thing we've <laughs> noticed there's been no location stuff for this show in season 1. There's zero location stuff. It is is all in the studio on sets. Does that change later? I genuinely don't know. No. But there's no location stuff. It's like the first season of Red Dwarf. They they're using existing sets. They only ever use sets that they already have. Cece and the kids they come back from the zoo. They're all they're all it's super miserable, screaming. Brighton uh, threw up in uh, Cece's uh, helmet because he had fast food. Yeah, he had fast food, and he's like, "Why would you let me have fast food?" Because like, that's what you wanted. Which also, like, what else can you have? Have at the zoo. Yeah, that's the, they, they have like the the weird McDonald's that only sell fries for some reason, <laughs> and then a uh, like three different rebranded Panda Express. Um, and Gracie is upset because they didn't go to the petting zoo, mm. and then uh, Cece says that this is because Maggie had to stop and pee every time, and Maggie is very sensitive about that. She must have a bladder the size of a walnut. Fred says it's not small. It's just tilted. I don't care if it's mounted on a gyroscope. And they're all talking about like, oh, well, Fran does it this way with us. And Cece is like snaps back at them like, it's always Fran this, Fran that. Fran only hangs out with you because she's paid to. To which the kids respond. No. That's not true. That's impossible. Gracie in particular, she runs out. Maggie runs after her, and Brighton reveals, yeah, also heads up, throw up in your purse. Cece is exhausted and has a drink from Niles, which to me, that's something of like, again, they haven't quite got the relationship between Niles mm. and Cece because it's just something of like, Niles will say like very snarky things to her, but she's not, to Cece, Niles is still like a non-entity yeah. basically, of like very much still treating him as the help. Yeah, he may as well be a futon. Yes. Not that they would have a futon. But futon's <laughs> a funny word, don't you think? Sure. <laughs> Love that tac- tacit kind of acquiescent agreement. Yeah. Anyway, so next we have uh, Fran at her mother's house, mm-hmm. and they're getting ready for a wedding. And it's the the big stereotype of oh, putting so bridesmaids many. in. Uh, the ugly dress because they don't want to outshine the bride. And we never actually see the bride, but we do need to fat shame her immediately. Oh yeah, this scene has so much weird stuff in it, but it does start with fat shaming and Fran's dress looking like a tiered pink cupcake. 
the shoes in the freezer and combing her dad's wig so it parts on one side because it's better in the wind and then actually know the other side because he's got hit one eye is smaller than the other and there's a lot of like taking into consideration that this does start with some unfortunate body shaming there's a lot of like very quick like daisy chaining of like a moment to a moment of a moment to a moment to a moment that i think works quite well it's just a shame that it does begin with uh oh the bride is fat yeah anyway so they get a knock on the door and who is it but it is gracie Wilford Brim. oh it's great gracie it's, okay. it's, it's 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 just gracie okay it's just uh, just gracie okay. it's gracie okay. she is she has run away from home she has taken a limo uh, to come see Fran. She miss she just misses Fran. So they they call. Uh, well, they first they like immediately console her. Uh, Sylvia is like perfectly fine with this yeah. and doesn't like question it at all. Fran is obviously like, oh, you're distraught. I want to take care of you. Like being uh. So in the previous episode, focused a lot on Fran's relationship with Maggie. Yeah. Fran treats Maggie more like an older sister and isn't kind of being that. Ma- necessarily maternal figure but gr- because gracie is younger gracie does still need that fran is very consoling of gracie and it's clear that she's upset and mm. she wants to take care of her but also has to call the sheffield's house and be like hey found the kid and, she- and come to find out nobody realizes that grace is gone she's gone what <laughs> she's gone what do you mean she's gone where the devil is she I'm not sure. I'm almost positive she came home with us. Like so little attention is paid to the to, to this yeah, child which, by this woman. There's there's really a bit of uh showing what this family was like before Fran, yeah. where the kids are very much just out of sight, out of mind. They're not important features, so it's not uh it's not noticeable yeah. when one has run away. Fran says, Oh, can I can you put Gracie on the phone? And uh Cece goes up to check the room. Maxwell is talking about, oh I think spending time with C- with Cece is really good for the kids because she's so poised and refined and she comes charging down the stairs going, Oh she's gone And then we have the the fun moment of of Gracie coming onto the phone. I have to call the police. Hi, Daddy. Grace, get off the phone. I have to call. <laughs> Gracie, you're there. Maxwell says, "Oh, we're going to come and pick you, pick you up." And and Fran's like, "Well, no, we're already we're running late for this wedding already. You can come and pick us up. You can pick her up at the wedding." And so the rest of the f- rest of the episode, then they do night, they do go somewhere. They go to a different set of yeah, a wedding, a, a different set, which was probably very easy to put together because they are at a studio and they probably have all, most of the pieces think, they need anyway. Because I know there was a stage. Yeah, I think it's the same one that was in uh, episode two. Yeah, of like where the stage yes. was. Boom. I think that that's yeah, it's they the just same. That set. Yeah. Uh, set and i go there and it's uh fran's family so it's a like a big loud wedding cc and maxwell show up mm-hmm. and like very pleased to see uh gracie i i like to see that nobody was uh like criticizing gracie or getting yeah. the response was never anger at the stuff that she did because yeah. gracie is a very sensitive child and doesn't need to be yelled at yeah. for doing a thing i mean that kind of comes back well, i say comes back but like fran does definitely weaponize her phobias later in a way that's not great yeah but they ask like oh why would you why would you run away oh it scared her and Cece at first is like trying to not like not letting grace say anything by just like scoops her up and like yeah just uh smothers her uh uh, Gracie's finally able to say that she was upset because uh friends paid 
to... Oh, well, what they say is, because uh, so we're safe, and then Maxwell says, like, oh, well, we have to go. It's Fran's day off. She's supposed to be at this wedding. Yes. We don't want to intrude. And so Gracie gets very upset, like, oh, Cece's right. Fran only hangs out with us yeah. because you pay her to. Yeah. <gasps> What kind of a vicious, cold-hearted imbecile would say something like that? Which leads to a fantastic argument between the three of them while Uncle... What's the... Uncle Myron, so the Un... dentist. Yes, Uncle Myron, the dentist, brings his nephew over because apparently he was talking to Maxwell about his nephew while he was on the table. Or not on the table, like in the chair. And so they're having, like, Cece, Fran, and Maxwell having this argument about Gracie while this little kid who looks like a fucking... Thunderbirds puppet is dancing and singing put on a happy face uh, wearing the tap shoes yes he wore his, he wore his tap shoes to the wedding because you never know you might be called upon to, to perform an impromptu or maybe that's the only set of smart shoes this kid has that's also a possibility they finish arguing they tell the kid to to, to fuck the fuck off that's when they realize Gracie is not there anymore. So Grace is missing and Cece has some retribution. Like, ha, ah, it is very easy to lose this child. Fran's mother says that Gracie went into the bathroom. Maxwell goes into the bathroom and then as, as the door swings in and as the door swing, swings out again, he's leaving in what I thought was visually brilliant. Like the way that they pull off pull that off is... is 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 absolutely brilliant. It's a good visual use of a swinging yeah. door. Yeah, oh, it was so so good, and that's the kind of thing that as a performer you've got to be. You got to the timing is crucial because you've got to be aware of where the camera is. You've got to be aware of where where you need to turn and kind of maintain that momentum coming out. So like, props to everyone for pulling that off. And he comes back out because it's the ladies' restroom, and a woman screams at him. So he then says, "Friend, you should go in." And then we get that scene with Fran and Gracie in the bathroom. Yeah, so she's hiding in a bathroom stall, and Fran, in order to get her out, is just like, Aren't you getting a little claustrophobic in that teeny-weeny stall? <laughs> Which then makes uh, Gracie immediately run out. So just just weaponizing those phobias Yeah, there. straight away. But then Fran has that wonderful conversation where she talks about how she's paid to look after the kids she's not paid any extra to love them and she she does yeah, she genuinely it's, i mean it's a great kids, it's yeah. a great moment of like hey uh we live we live in a society <laughs> i have to i yeah, have she's the joker now <laughs> i have to get paid yeah i need to have a job i've got to get that paper and like i'm fortunate in that my job is taking care of you children and i love you but she has to get paid money. Yes. But she has the best job in the world and she loves the kids. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, but that fixes Gra Gracie's fixed forever because it's the, nearly the end of the episode. So she has to be okay with it yeah. at this point. But in, in terms of arguments, like as arguments go, I'm not, I'm paid to look after you. I'm not paid any extra to love you. Actually, I really like that. And again, it feels very much like a so much of the, the solutions to the problems that arise. The problems that arise are often caused by Fran being unfamiliar with like these social norms of living in that kind of society and culture. But the solutions also come out of her unique world perspective and her insights that Maxwell Sheffield and and his friends like Cece and you know other people like Niles and the kids don't necessarily have because they live in different worlds mm -hmm. and it is it's a well that they can keep going back to and that they do keep going back to because it it it's strong and it works and it leads to lovely resolutions like like we get with this episode yeah like she's 
part of it is that she is too close. There's a bit earlier where Sylvia is saying like, oh, you could, you could, might lose this job because the children are too close to you and that can be a harmful thing. Yeah. But it's actually, I'm like, yeah, there is, there is a bit of an argument that maybe this like in, in a real life Mm. and not in a sitcom, given that Maxwell is basically hiring a replacement mother that is maybe not the healthiest of relationships. (laughs) But this is a sitcom and it's also a sitcom that becomes a romantic comedy. So it's it's fine. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, why not? Uh, But then, uh, so Fran comes out and tells off Cece and this is one where it really kind of gets like, this is a combative relationship Mm. between Cece and Fran because Fran's like, don't hurt my kids. So she's very much taking ownership and like staking her place th- yeah. there. And making it very clear that the kind of nonsense that Cece was doing is unacceptable. Yeah. And then uh, Sylvia tries to go steal flowers, centerpieces. Yeah, yeah sure. Because that's why you go to a wedding. You go to steal a wedding flowers. To steal the centerpieces. Uh, and then the end credits roll is uh, Uncle Myron's kid does some more. Is it, Mon- it is Myron? Yes. Right? Yeah. Does some da- sings and dances more for Cece and Fran, and that's how the episode ends. And I have to say, this I'm going to tell you this: that kid is talented. I want to know what that that kid is doing today. Yeah, he but he's very talented, but he's very talented in that super obnoxious way. Yes. And the like, oh, I would hate this. And it's yeah. very much like has his whole sing and dance. Is very sure like, oh, I juggle. And it's very much put out there of like, here's your moment. Yeah. Here's your moment. It's a producer. This is a kid who clearly thinks I have a talent. And if I can just get that talent in front of the right person, I can make a career for myself. And also I'm eight. So all of this is bad. Yeah. What did you think of this episode? Uh, I enjoyed it. I think that it's, again, it's very much like that first episode where it doesn't feel like there's a single line wasted. There's a great recurring gag with Niles and the flowers where he thinks he's got them just right. And then Fran makes him second guess himself. Oh, Oh, I'll get it. You finish. I have finished. Mm, We'll look again. And so almost every time we see Niles during the episode, he's standing in front of those flowers, like trying to figure out what's wrong with them, which I thought was a lot of fun. Everything that happens in uh, Fran's mother's apartment just reinforces the world that Fran came from in juxtaposition with the world that she lives in now, uh, living with uh, the Sheffields in their home. And yeah, I just, I think this is a really, this was a really fun, really solid episode with a lot of great character moments. Again, I feel like we're start we're seeing Niles um, kind of take shots at Cece again, which we haven't really seen since the first episode. And even though she's not firing back yet, you're, it's, we're seeing some of that start to take shape. Mm-hmm. So it really does feel like with between this and the previous episode, we're starting to see some of the things that you typically associate with the show are now starting to kind of take form and i'm it's really fun kind of watching these things come together knowing where they're gonna yeah, be. yeah i really enjoy all this stuff that they using cc and kind of using the expectations of she is someone who's very like poised and mm. regal but using that for comedy yeah. and so that when she has like a loud outburst it is a a funny situation and i really enjoy the use of her and i'm glad that they kind of find a place for her in this whole group because I don't think I don't think the show would work without Cece there yeah and I think to your point that you mentioned I think in the previous episode that actress is a very physical comedian and giving her more to do 
her body language in this episode is fantastic. The way she comes down the stairs is 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 perfect. Like giving that actress more to do is a smart play because there's a worry with a character like that that if you don't give them enough to do, then they kind of melt into the background. They become like, you know, the lost Cunningham brother in Happy Days. They just kind of disappear from the show and are never mentioned again. Or Ross's son, Ben, who as soon as <laughs> Ross and Rachel have their child, Ben disappears forever. He evaporates. Mm-hmm. So I think finding Cece's not just her role, but like how to best utilize that actor as well. Uh, like four or five episodes in, I think probably was like a godsend for that character. And knowing that that character will also develop to get a back and forth with Niles later. It's, we're, it's watching the Tetris pieces fall and waiting for them to get a, you know, a perfect Tetris. Yes, yeah. and because otherwise it's just everyone likes Fran, isn't Fran great? And it's uh, uh, otherwise the episodes become here's someone where someone dislikes Fran for a little bit, but then they learn to like Fran. Yeah. And, ha- and so having yeah. a CC there is like she's never going to like Fran. Yeah. Which I think, again, I think that that's something that, that show needs. And I think that as they develop that character more is, is, is interesting to kind of see unfold. Did you enjoy this one? Yes. Cool. You yeah. already said that, didn't you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just wanted to double check in case, you know, so people, uh, opinions are malleable. No, I hated it. Okay, well, there we I'm are. I'm done See? with this. See, I just wanted to make sure. Podcast, it's over. <laughs> oh, no. Um, Too far. I would like to talk about some fashion. Okay. Let's talk about fashion. What what did what fashion uh, choices do you? Is it the the dress specifically or not even that? So this is very much not a Fran episode. We hmm. see Fran in two robes. Uh, she's still doing her pajamas. She's not. She is not dressing for breakfast. Mm. Uh, she will never dress for breakfast. And then we see her in the bridesmaid's dress. So it's not really a Fran outfit. I mean, you can talk mm. about the kind of wedding fashion. It is weird that like the bridesmaid's dress is basically like a wedding dress, but uglier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's like an 80s wedding dress, yeah. but pink and yellow. But I actually want to talk about Cece's look. We're having the safari sort of thing. Mm. And they make a joke about how she's wearing Abercrombie and Fitch. Cece, don't you look smashing? Banana Republic? <laughs> <laughs> Abercrombie and Fitch, dear. All right, so you paid double. <laughs> Which is... Uh, a very 90s thing, because once you get to the 2000s when I was watching this, that's not what Abercrombie and Fitch was known for making. <laughs> uh, They're m- making t-shirts that are too tight and smell like perfume. Yeah. I don't think of, I, I mean, I think maybe in the mid 90s, they were a luxury brand. Yeah, they were. They, they used to be a luxury I brand. I don't think of them as a luxury brand. At all. I don't think I've ever thought of them as a luxury brand. Yeah, they are historically a luxury brand, which is something of like, that's what Cece's going to brag about. And you really take notice of, since this is a Cece-focused episode, the contrast and like how they dress her versus yeah. how they dress Fran, where Fran is all about like cinching in her waist and making her look small, like making her look bright with all of these patterns, yeah. but she physically, it's like big hair, but very soft and yeah. very small, whereas... CC, she's very big, always large shoulder pads and making her a very physical presence. Yeah. All of these solid colors. And so it's played for laughs when, of course, when she dresses for the zoo, she has to wear a full outfit and then everyone calls her out and <laughs> yeah. she's just wearing a safari costume. It 
fits for Cece. Like even when yeah. they're introduced, like the hat is silly, but it's it's a believable outfit. Yeah, it doesn't feel out of character for her to be like, well, I'm going to the zoo, better dress like I'm going to shoot an elephant. Like yeah. it's perfect. I loved that. I also loved uh, the dress that they had Sylvia wear for the wedding. Yeah. It's interesting because I can't visualize, I'm trying to visualize that dress and I can't do it. It's like has almost kind of like a sequiny zebra print all over. Yes, it. It's very short. Okay, and then it yes. has like turquoise uh, feathers on yeah. the bust in the hem. Um, it's very, it's very loud. And it shows where Fran gets it, even though Fran has a very different style from her mother, even. Yeah. Um, it's still very like vibrant, loud patterns. And it's something of. There's so much of the stuff in the background of establishing Fran's family and where Fran comes from, of even all the background people making sure that they're in like bright prints, obnoxious colors and textures versus Maxwell and Cece, who are very solids. Yeah. Though that first suit that Maxwell wore when he was coming down, like the purple, the purple jacket, Mm. and he has the vest with like the window pane uh, print. Yes. very nice yeah very good (laughs) that those are not colors that we have seen maxwell in yet yeah Um, and it works as something of um emphasizing that fran and maxwell are getting wrong they're having a sweet moment of like putting him like in a brighter color and i mean like it's still a very subtle print yeah it's still a bit of a print of something like oh this is the effect that fran has it's yeah and they have that moment when when fran is saying goodbye to the kids and she's hugging them all goodbye and then she turns around and her and maxwell almost hug and stop Mm -hmm. um because they realize oh neither of us are going anywhere or unrequited feelings yeah like starting starting in on those Little rom com yeah. shenanigans, but I, that's that outfit that Maxwell is in is kind of the perfect outfit for that moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you notice that, like, he immediately when when it's the next day, he's back in his usual kind of blue suit. We, we haven't seen a lot of tan yet. The opening theme, as you pointed out, references that that Fran is the lady in red when everybody else is wearing tan. And I think the only tan we see is actually in this episode is what Cece's wearing to the zoo. Yeah. And Fran doesn't wear red in this episode. She wears pink. Yes. So the the song lied to us and the song is continuing. This is this is the nanny opening theme deception watch. Uh every episode we will be <laughs> keeping track of whether How or not the song true has lied the song. to us. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, Mandy, what is the next episode? The next episode is The Butler, the Husband, the Wife, and Her Mother. Sylvia lies to relatives that Fran has married a very wealthy Broadway producer and is living in the lap of luxury in her townhouse in Manhattan, waited on by her butler. I remember this episode because there's actually a side plot, the B plot, of uh, Niles being visited by the by like the Butler's you can't, Association. Don't talk right? about that now. We're not going to talk about it now. But I'm saying there's a second plot, which is actually very interesting. It's and a the... sitcom. There's always a second plot. There's a sitcom. It's always a second plot. It's just the way that the plots dovetail is very nice. We'll you can talk, talk about. about the... We have to talk about it in like an hour. Okay, I'll just I'll just retake my reaction to you reading the the the, the episode synopsis. Oh, I remember this one. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> uh, so where can people find us on the internet? Uh, you can find us on our website, oofcast.com. That's O-O-H-F-Cast.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram as at OutOnHerFanny. Mandy, where can people find you specifically on the socialist medias? You can find me at Mandy Quesadilla. That is Mandy with a Y and Quesadilla like food. Where can we find you, Ben? Oh, I'm just at Ben Padden on Instagram and Twitter. That's it. 
That's where you are. <laughs> That's where I am. Thank you very much for listening. If you do like the show, do please leave a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you are able to leave a review. And if you don't like it, you can keep that to yourself. Yeah, that's just for you. We don't. Or you know what? If you don't like it, leave us a positive review anyway. <laughs> it's your penance for, for <laughs> not liking our brilliant show. Yeah, little podcasts like ours live and die by Werther... Blah, 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 blah. Little podcasts like ours live and die by Werther's Originals. Yeah, little podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth and yours is very essential. So if you like the show, let people know. If you don't like the show... You don't find someone else who does. Yeah, find someone else who does. Yeah. Take the responsibility <laughs> off of you. You tell three friends and they tell three friends and they tell three friends and none of them listen to the podcast for some reason. Word of mouth doesn't work anymore. It's twenty first century. And yeah, find us on social media, tweet about us. Uh, other than that, thank you very much for listening to Out on Her Fanny. Uh, oh yeah, it's a podcast about the nanny. <laughs> <laughs> I've been Ben. I'm Mandy. And yes, we do know. It means vagina. <laughs> yes. Very simpatico today. It's like we're finishing each other's. Thanks for listening. Bye.